Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Chad Randall at Life Story Church. We are a grassroots church located in the heart of the Bellevue community in Nashville, Tennessee. Our services are streamed live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We would love for you to join us. Now here's Pastor Chad Randall. We have done these installations over the past, I don't know, year, year and a half, something like that, ta- taking different topics, different topics uh, uh, that are really, I don't know, issues that have become misunderstandings doctrinally in the church, and we're trying to tackle them one by one. Tonight, we're going to talk about another Jesus. Uh, so, you know, if you've if you have frequented our live stream, our broadcast, or Sunday morning in-person services, you may have heard me reference another Jesus often, or another gospel, or of another spirit and whatnot. And we're going to dig into that tonight plenty. So I hope you've got your notebook ready, you've got your cup of coffee. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I hope you've got your Bible ready. We're going to do some Bible uh, page turning. We're going to jump around a little bit tonight in the Word uh, pointing out a lot of different stuff. So in the meantime, though, if you haven't yet, and I'm sure many of you already have, do me a favor. I'm looking at you now, Life Story family members. We're linking arms. Our hearts are mended together. We're building this church. Share this video. I can't tell you how many people are watching online right now and on Sunday mornings and coming to service on Sunday mornings because one of you shared this video, or past videos, or when Carolyn and Andrew put out great media material and Carolyn puts out great posts during the week, uh, quotes and inspirational stuff, and you share that, you have no idea how far it reaches. As a matter of fact, this broadcast tonight, can you believe, I don't know if you're going to believe me when I say it, but this broadcast tonight is going to go into over 70 different nations around the world just through our Facebook on online uh, ministry. So uh, it's shared into those groups that have members from all over the world. So literally, the globe has access to this, guys. So share it, okay? Share it, share it, share it. Because the more you share it, the more you comment and all that stuff, the more the algorithms and all that stuff that I know nothing about, but, you know, our media team knows all about, the more you share the algorithms, pump it all the more, and the more visible it becomes, right? But if nobody's commenting and nobody's sharing, then you know, less traction for the word we're sharing. And we want this word to go out because it is not my word. This is not Pastor Chad's word, right? This is the word of God, amen? Somebody say amen. I know you're, I can feel you, that you're there with me tonight, okay? So before we begin tonight, because this is a, I'm gonna step on, I know, I know for a fact, I'm gonna step on some toes tonight and it's from my heart of hearts, I want you to know that it, that I don't want to hurt any feelings. That's not my intention. But sometimes our feelings need to be hurt. Okay? So I want to lead with prayer tonight. Can we pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we come before you. Holy Father, please bless our time in this study tonight, the study of your word. Please grant us the spiritual wisdom and understanding to better understand, I guess, to understand, I guess, what you're teaching us, Lord Jesus. Father, please grant us the discernment and the conviction to heed your 
warnings that are in your word. Let us not be offended if we suddenly come to realize that perhaps we've even fallen victim to some of the things Paul warned us about. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, hopefully we've got some folks online with us already. Um, in our previous studies, as I mentioned, we talked about some things. Um, we talked about some things, uh, some different false teachings that have crept into the church, and we're identifying that that's not in the Bible. This teaching that you've heard that sounds nuts, it is nuts because it's not in the Bible. This teaching that you've heard that hurt you and burnt you in the church as a person, your heart. So much of that's not even in the Word of God. It's not the Lord's heart to hurt people. Um, it's obviously important to us at Life Story Church, if you don't know us, uh, but if you do know us, it's obviously important to us uh, that we get our doctrine right. We want to get our doctrine right. If you hang around long enough, you'll hear me make references to another Jesus, another gospel, another spirit, the, the other Jesus that's being taught today, and it's so prevalent. Uh, that's going to be the focus of tonight's study. So let's just begin here. Galatians chapter 1. We're going to be in Galatians. We're going to be in Romans. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians. We're going to be in John. We're going to be in Revelation. We're going to be in Luke. As we're going around the world tonight, all right, around the world. Galatians chapter 1, uh, verse 6 through 9. Let's read together. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. I just, you hear Paul's heart, I marvel. I can't believe that so soon you turn away to a different gospel, a different gospel, underline that in your Bible. Verse 7, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, verse 8, or an angel from heaven, those are strong words, even if an angel from heaven appears before you, this is like me saying to our church body on Sunday morning, right? I'm teaching you the gospel here, so listen up. Even if another angelic being beams down from Star Trek and stands before you, right, and tries to preach another gospel to you, then what we have preached to you let him be accursed. These are strong words. Very strong words. Verse 9. As we have said before now, I say again, if anyone preaches, are you hearing me? Any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Strong words. And rightly so. See, there is one gospel, and one truth, as uh, unpopular as that might be. It is imperative, imperative for our, our eternal well-being that we remain steadfast in our faith, our faith in the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Scripture exhorts us to stay away and uh, stay away from and avoid all false prophets and teachers. Do you think that there's any false prophets around today? 
I'm asking. Somebody answer on this thread. Do you think that there are any false prophets around today? Do you think that there are any false teachers around today? Would you be surprised if I said it's some of the most famous, most popular preachers and teachers that you know? Would you be surprised or would you think, well, it makes sense if Satan is still the Lord of the air here that what would he allow on the air, right? Food for thought, anyway. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Let's read Paul again to the church in Rome this time versus the Galatian churches. He says, now I urge you, brethren... Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned. Warning you of these brethren that cause divisions and offenses, teaching doctrine contrary to what you learn. Avoid them, he says. So you can see here pretty quickly uh, that this warning is a theme for Paul. We'll continue in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 and 4. It's the uh, scripture I noted on the sermon towel for this evening, sermon graphic. Let's read verse 3. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so now your minds may be corrupted also. Corrupted how? Corrupted. Look at this. Look at this scripture. It's uh, I, one of my favorite scriptures. Your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. See, we'll get to verse 4 in just a second. Come back to me now for a minute. We hear it all the time that the way is narrow, right? Way is narrow. The Lord said it. Few there are that find the way. It's narrow, but he never said it was hard. He never said it was confusing. As a matter of fact, he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Or is that backwards? Anyway, you get the point. I'm just telling you, church, the, the way to salvation, and I don't know, if you're somebody who's listening to me right now that's been hurt by the church, you need to hear this, okay? Uh, it's easy. It's easy. Now, persecution will come from friends and family and from the world and from the... But you know what? When you're standing in right standing with God, you don't even care about all that. You're willing to fight that fight salvation, finding salvation and finding Jesus and having a relationship with the Almighty God, your Creator, who loves you so much, it's easy. Your relationship with Jesus is supposed to be easy. Go, let's go back to verse, uh, to the scripture. So your minds may be corrupted, what? From the simplicity that is in Christ. It's simple. It's simple. It's by faith you're saved, not by works after that. No, it's just you... Metanio is faith, or metanio is repentance. In the Greek, it means you change your mind. You now understand, you now believe. You didn't believe, now you believe. It's simple. The simplicity that is in Christ, verse 4, for if he who comes preaches another Jesus, underline that. This is what we're talking about tonight. If he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, because why? Because when you believe in Jesus, the true Jesus, your heart is sealed by the promised Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 1. Your heart is sealed, guaranteeing your inheritance, all right? So to know Jesus, the real Jesus, to have put your faith and trust in him in that moment when you believe, 
We know your heart is sealed by the Holy Spirit, so you know the Holy Spirit. So if they come and they're preaching another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, because as a Christian you have already received the Holy Spirit when? When you believed, not when you spoke in tongues, okay? But when you believed, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, because you accepted a gospel when you believed that he is who Paul said he is, right? Who Jesus said he is. You may well put up with it. You may, those words should echo in our hearts. Do you put up with it? I think we'll get around to that in a little bit. Notice that in the above scripture, we are warned about being led astray to follow three different things. Can we see that graphic? Put it up on the screen. Let's take a look at it. A different Jesus, another Jesus, a different spirit or spirits, and a different gospel or gospels. We need to take this very, very seriously, church, especially in the current age uh, well, I should say the current hour of the age that we are living in. The ASEAN calendar puts us on the doorstep of the final jubilee of the age of grace. And there's a lesson on that coming up. I can't tell you when, though. But let's take this one by one. Let's go with a different Jesus tonight. That is the title of our sermon. A different Jesus. So I could tell you a bunch of things about this other Jesus, right? Um, but it's imperative that I first, to set this up, tell you a bunch of things about the real Jesus. Like, I'll never forget. I will never forget when um, my beautiful bride um, was young in her walk with the Lord and was struggling with the legalism that she had been raised in and was coming out of at the time. And she literally said to me, will the real Jesus please stand up? right? It's a play on words for a popular song about 20 years ago. Some of you might get it, but it was true. It was true. Uh, well, some, so many people have heard about Jesus this and Jesus that. There's a different Jesus for almost every uh, denominational cult, and not that all denominations are cults, but I'm, you'll, we'll get to that later too. There's a different Jesus for about every different, I mean, legalistic or lawless brand. So <clears throat> let's talk about the real Jesus here. The real Jesus, the real Jesus Christ of the Bible, the Yeshua HaMashiach. Yeshua, which means salvation in the Hebrew. Yehovah, son of Yehovah. I, he will, the Messiah will come in the name of the Father. Yah, God. Yahshua, he comes in the name of the Father. I remember reading that scripture even when I was a kid and thinking, he'll come in the name of his Father, then why is his name Jesus? Oh, and if it's Yahweh, then why is it Jesus? Oh, it's Jesus. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahshua, right? Well, so to talk about the real Jesus, to do this, we'll briefly review five main characteristics or attributes of Jesus Christ. You note-takers are going to love tonight. So... Um, yeah, so before we do this, I want to point out a couple things here, okay? Uh, Terminology-wise, Christ ultimately means Messiah, all right? Write that down. Uh, 
if you're note-taking, or anointed one, or the Lord's anointed. Thus, when we say the name Jesus Christ, what we're really saying is Jesus, Yeshua, the anointed one. All right? Uh, with this background now in mind, let's review five critical attributes. Can we see number one? Number one. Jesus Christ is God who took on human flesh. It's imperative that we understand this before we go talking about who he isn't. Let's talk about who he is. He is God with a capital G who took on human flesh. To take a look at this, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's look at John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Can we see that? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. He's our creator. In him was life. It, if you go back to the scriptures in Genesis, you'll see he hovered, the spirit that hovered above the, that was Jesus hovering above the waters as he made the land come forth and mm, so good. Verse four, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. Let us notice the following verses here. The word is another name for Jesus Christ. The word in verse one, in the beginning was the word. So in the beginning, he is the word. In the beginning was Jesus Christ. Mm. To see that, can I see this excerpt from uh, a description of Jesus in Revelation chapter 19, verse 13. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Let's also note that uh, in this last portion of the verse, the Word or Jesus was and is God. Through Jesus Christ, all things were made. If we're understanding the Word is Jesus, through Jesus Christ, all things were made. Through Jesus is life. And now let us read from John chapter 1, verse 14. Same chapter, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth are always tied together. You'll notice that as you study the word. So our second attribute so that's our first attribute. Jesus Christ is God. He's God. He's the Son of God, but he's also God, okay? Jesus Christ, number two, can we see point two? He was born by a virgin. Who is Jesus? Born by a virgin. Let's take a look at Luke chapter one. I'll read uh, verse 26 through 35. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Ooh, there's something in that. I'm going to have to look into that later. Uh, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be 
with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Yeshua. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. So by saying, you understand, but that by saying this, give him the throne of the father of his father David, he's telling uh, Mary right here that he will be the Messiah because she would have understood that the Messiah would sit on the throne of David. So don't think that's lost on Mary. She would have understood, okay? How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Okay, so at the time there were also propag- uh, there were the different factions of religious uh, Men in, in Israel, many of them weren't necessarily waiting for God to appear. They were waiting for just some man who would do certain things to prove himself to be the champion of Israel. All right? So, so maybe this uh, speaks to some of that thinking. Okay? She says, how could this be? Okay? Because she's still thinking maybe the Messiah must come as just a man. Right? There's interesting insights here. How can that be since I am a virgin? Plus, it's not like anybody had ever been impregnated by God literally before, you know? So um, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So let us know a few things in the following verse. Can I see this next graphic? Uh, verse 31 through 35, what do we see? His name is to be Jesus, moving along quickly. He will also be called the Son of the Most High God. His kingdom will have no end. Verse 34, Mary told the angel Gabriel that she was a virgin. And verse 35, Gabriel told Mary that her child will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. Thus, 35, consequently, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That is, he is Lord and God. And when you understand the definition of the word Lord, really, okay, it means a human master. So thusly, Jesus will be and was true God and man. He was a man, yet he was God at the same time. He wasn't just a man. He wasn't just God. The Gnostics want to tell you he was just a God, and he was phantom. He was a phantom. He was some ethereal being, and, and uh, um, other cults today will tell you that he was just a man and he took off his divinity. No, no, no. The Word of God clearly tells us he was both divinity and man, flesh and God at the same time. Third point, third point, third uh, characteristic. Can we see that? Third critical attribute, the one and only begotten Son of God. We discover this by reading why Jesus came into the world. As we read this passage, let us remember that the key words are one and only. John 3.16, most famous verse in the whole world. Let's look at it. For God so loved the world that he gave what? His one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. One and only. He is the one and only begotten Son of God. Fourth attribute, only, let's see that fourth point, only the Jesus Christ of the Bible can save us from our sins. Only him, okay? 
To verify this, let us read an excerpt from what the Apostle Peter said while bearing witness of Jesus. Let's look at Acts chapter 4, verse 12. What does Peter tell us in Acts chapter 4, verse 12? Salvation is found in no one else. Not in Buddha. Nope. Not in Muhammad. Nope. Not in uh, one of the 2,000 different Hindu gods. I'm sorry. No. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Consequently, those who are not true, born-again believers in Jesus Christ, they remain in sin, in the fallen state, the covenant with God the Father broken in the garden from creation where sin infects the world and the flesh, even this flesh robe I'm wearing right now, it infects it. Hence, they're still under God's wrath, as we've talked about in Romans, and under the penalty for their disobedience to God's laws, as Paul clearly outlines in Romans chapters 1 and 2. Not just in Romans, but other places in the Bible. The word teaches us to save us from our sins and extend to us eternal life. Jesus Christ was crucified, died, and was buried. However, in reading the New Testament, we also discover that Jesus did not stay in the tomb, did he? No, he did not. Jesus Christ of the Bible physically rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Thus, our fifth attribute of the true Jesus Christ is that number five, and we see it, he is alive. Somebody say, he is alive. He is alive. We're about to get Pentecostal tonight. He is alive, right? I don't know who sang that song. Amber would be able to tell me, but he's alive, right? We celebrate. Uh, To see this, let us read Paul's prayer to the church in Ephesus. Let's go to uh, Ephesians 1, uh, 15 through 23. We'll read it quickly. We got a lot to get to. All right. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... Do not cease to give uh, thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation. In what? In the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This word I here in the Greek harkens back to ayin in the Hebrew. Okay, It ultimately means uh, ayin means like uh, the Hindus take the idea of run away with the third eye stuff. No, it basically means your mental faculties, that your spiritual and intellectual understanding, not just the eyes, what you happen to see, is speaking of your spiritual and intellectual knowledge here, okay? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his, what? And this is big for you, saints. Inheritance in the saints. Yes, that word in the Greek, inheritance, means inheritance. It means that you're going you're gonna to have stuff in, in, in heaven. You're going to have, I don't know what that means or looks like, but it's going to be like a real inheritance. And others will be saved as one who's being saved from a fire, but not you who are, who are uh, working for the kingdom of God right now. So if you're not working, get busy. You're running out of time. Verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? 
according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21, far above all the principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, they're in the age of uh, uh, wrapping, actually the beginning of the age of grace coming out, of the age of Torah, in this age, but also in that which is to come. The age that is to come will be the kingdom age. Verse 22, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, the ecclesia, those called out into public spaces to meet together publicly in the name of Jesus, bringing all of our our gifts, all of our different body parts together to create um, one body which is his body, verse 23. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Whew, that's a mouthful. That is powerful stuff. Unfortunately, unfortunately, not everyone nor every religious organization recognize or accept or even teach these truths about the Jesus Christ of the Bible. In fact, we find there are many different Jesuses, and they are preached and they are worshipped, hmm. so that we're not deceived and led astray to a Jesus who cannot save us, and they're out there. Let's look at some examples of some different Jesuses. That's the name of the message anyway, right? So it must be noted, and <laughs> before we do this, Before we do this, please hear my heart on this, okay? Um, It must be noted that even though the following organizations teach or preach a different Jesus than the one of the Bible, that does not mean that every person within these organizations um, either believes that or are even aware of their organization's heresies. I guarantee you there are some saved Catholics out there, okay? Teaser. I guarantee you there are some saved people in these other groups, okay? Uh, With this in mind, let us now read some of the organizations who claim to be Christians but preach in different gospels. And let me do do me this favor. If you want the notes, chad at chadrandall.com, okay? Um just send me an email that says notes for a different Jesus, another Jesus, all right? And I'll just hit reply and attach the notes. I try to do my best. Sometimes people do that and I, uh, it gets lost in the feed and whatnot, but I always try, try to do my best with that. So if you want these notes, email me. But if you're just following on your mobile device or if you're watching uh, on a TV right now through the YouTube app, you can take a picture of your TV because I want you to have this. I really do. Or take a screenshot if you're watching on your phone. <clears throat> so let's take a look at some of these, okay? You know, and again, only each person, only each person and God knows what that person's true beliefs are, okay? So even if they're in this church, that doesn't necessarily mean 
that they believe this or are even aware that the organization is teaching it, sadly. Okay, but with this in mind, let's read some of uh, the organizations. Can we see the graphic? Let's pull, pull it up on the screen. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, uh, I've had some of these knock on my door before. Um, good story, good story. I had them knock on my door. Very sweet people. Again, this is not about hating on people. Just like they're a part of a cult, okay? And they tried to explain to me why I should be a Jehovah's Witness. And I answered, uh, came back with some truth. And uh, I think one of the things I said is the Trinity was a new idea. It came around in the 1500s. And I said, well, that's not true at all. Actually, if you read some of the early church fathers, they're talking about the Trinity and actually went inside and grabbed a book and read them some of the church father quotes. And they came back the next day with their pastor. And uh, he left mad because he didn't want to have a debate. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, I think that we need to be ready for that stuff. You know, uh, it's not about having the satisfaction. It's, I would have loved for them to have seen wisdom, seen the word. It's the word of God and the truth and the, uh, patriarchs of our faith and, you know, been moved by that, but they're so dug in that they just got mad. Um, I wish they wouldn't have, you know, um, but they say that Jesus Christ, back to the picture, I'm going on a rabbit trail here. Jesus Christ is... Michael the archangel. They think he's an angel. He's not God. I mean, they don't even do him the credit that Islam does him, really. They just say that he is the archangel. Okay? Christian science is next on your list. They say that Jesus is just the man. They say that Christ, the idea of a savior, a messiah, that's just an ideal. The Mormons... Um, you know, you see their temples, big, beautiful temples. Uh, I think there's one in Kansas City. We drive one, past one. We go around the bypass. Um, Latter-day Saints, kind of the same thing. Uh, they believe that Jesus is just the first of many spirit children of God the Father. That Jesus and Lucifer, Satan, they were brothers. Okay, they... Uh, you know, Joseph Smith, when he was 15, he found these plates and uh, an angel... Um, uh, appeared to him. Uh, starts with an M. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Moriah or, or something like that. Mer anyway, uh, he told him all this stuff. This spirit appeared to him and told him, hey, the Bible's wrong and here's, here's where it's all wrong. Uh, Jesus and Lucifer were actually brothers. And, uh, you know, salvation is... Uh, exaltation to the Godhood. In other words, you can become God. God the Father, by the way, in Mormonism and Latter-day Saints, is also Michael the Archangel. Okay? Uh, sticking on our list, I could spend all night here probably, the Health and Wealth Ministries. To them, Jesus is Santa. All right? Jesus is Santa, who on demand provides his people with health uh, and financial prosperity, you know. If you have enough faith, though, that's, that's the kicker, right? It's back on you now, right? It's not on the sovereignty of God and or the will of God. It's I hope you have got enough of a measure of faith to accomplish this, right? It's just, 
It's uh, unfortunate. So many people are hurt by this. Look, I believe that God heals. I believe that God makes us wealthy. Okay? I believe we, should, uh, we can pray for that. We should pray for that. I believe he heals. I believe we pray, we believe, and he heals, right? Uh, that's without question. But it is all, all within the spectrum of what is the will of God. See, I can pray for somebody all day long at the altar, but if God who could heal them in an instant for some reason isn't, it's likely because he's growing something in them. And through their, the affliction of their flesh or the persecution that they're under, that God is growing something out of them because it come, all comes back to um, a message that I want to do again soon. I did it about a year and a half ago about suffering. Why suffering is what we called it. Ultimately, we have to suffer. We're promised to suffer in this life because through the suffering, is, is how we, you really, you know, when you go through hard times with friends, you know, you really get closer with them. It's no different with the Lord. When you go through hard times with the Lord, you really get closer with them. You are never going to press into, uh, that's a Christianese phrase, really what I'm meaning is like, really uh, pursue the presence of Jesus and pursue your relationship with him, your prayer life with him, the study of his word. That's the pressing in, right? Uh, Christianese, and it strikes again. Anyway, that pursuit of Jesus, you're never going to pursue Jesus like a best friend that wants to hang out all the time. Think of it like that, right? And anybody ever had a, a friend, and you like the friend and all, but man, they just want to hang out all the time. You're like, I need like a break, right? Uh, that needs to be, we need to be that friend to Jesus, all right? We need to be all that friend that always wants to hang out, always wants to hang out, okay? Uh, we're never that friend more than when we are suffering in whatever way, whether it's emotional, heartbreak, heartache, praying for healing for a friend, a loved one, praying for healing for ourselves, praying for prosperity because we're struggling, whatever it is, suffering is an absolutely instrumental component of this life, which is, a, by the way, 80 years in, in the scope of eternity is a teardrop in an ocean, all right? This is your one chance to live this life and to suffer well. It just is. And to, and to uh, truly become who you're going to be for an eternity. You'll never, blessed are those who believe without seeing, right? But we do see when we press into him, right? Um, and then we see miracle. We do see miracle. We still see healing. Sometimes he does heal. He heals often. He provides. He, I have, there are certain things that I pray for on a clock and he answers every time, okay? So, you get my point, hopefully. But the health and wellness ministries, essentially, if you have enough faith, then he wants everybody to be rich and he wants everybody to be healthy. And if you're not rich and if you're not healthy, then it must be your fault, all right? That's not the Jesus of the Bible. That's, that's a different gospel. That is not in the Bible, okay? That's not in the Bible. Uh, back to the picture, the New Apostolic Reformation. This one is huge right now, and it's spreading like cancer, and I really mean cancer. Teaches that Jesus set aside his divinity. He lived a sinless life. In other words, like we talked about before, set his divinity aside, became fully man, lived a perfect life as just a human, 
So if he can do it, that must mean that you can do it too. And if you can do what he did, then you can be like Jesus and you can be a little God. You can become like God. And if you can become like God, then you can do the things that God does. You can heal, not with the help of God, but you heal as God, little g, right? Um, if you look on the tile here, I'm not sure if we're on the tile, but look at the tile here, continued definition, contemplative prayer is a big part of that vehicle. And next week, I think I'm going to do part two on this about, um, uh, I don't know what I'll name it, but it's about how people, the Holy Spirit is just getting a bad rap. Um, and people are confusing other spirits, as Paul talks. It's on our list. It's on our list. One, two, three, right? Another gospel, another Jesus, another spirit. Think about doing another spirit next week. Uh, but these, these uh, new apostolic reformation people, this is really a title they don't give themselves, but, but true believers that are identifying them as what they're doing in the heresy, they have labeled them as this. So contemplative prayer is a thing they're doing. It's, contemplative prayer is their vehicle for this enlightenment, okay? Uh, ancient rabbis, by the way, and we'll dig into that. Ooh, that'll be fun. Ancient rabbis uh, called it sorcery, what they're doing. IHOP, uh, Bickle in Kansas City, uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California, not the Nashville Bethel, but the Redding, California. Bethel, they're examples of modern-day churches that embrace this spirit of kundalini. We'll get into that, too. Don't miss next week, okay? Kundalini is a form of Hinduism and, and, and worship that has made its way into the church globally, but especially in certain parts of the U.S., and it's spreading, and I mean this, like a cancer. Uh, oneness Pentecostals. Now, this one might start stepping on some toes because we're in the South, right? So, I'm sorry, it's a different Jesus. Jesus to them is the Father because there's no Trinity. God is just has three different. It's it's three different forms. They'll say, well, because like you know, water freezes and becomes ice, but it's still water, and then it becomes vapor. But it's the it's a fancy way of saying that they're all the same guy. But the Word of God clearly identifies the Holy Spirit as an individual, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Hamashiach, as an individual, and God the Father as an individual, uh, and the Trinity. Is, is truly what the church first, ancient church fathers, believed, and they wrote at length defending the Trinity. Um, we're talking the people who were the disciples, not only the, not only the disciples of, of them, themselves, because that's in the word, but the disciples of the disciples, the disciples of the apostles, and their disciples. It goes on generations of the def defense of the Trinity. Um, so in any case, the oneness Pentecostals, they say that Jesus is the Father, so the Trinity is denied. Seventh-day Adventists also here. Uh, they teach a different Jesus because why? Because Jesus needs you to worship on Saturday. As a matter of fact, if you don't worship on Saturday, by the time I think the third trumpet is blown, whatever it is, uh, they say that you'll be damned, even if you're a Christian. All, as far as the life story uh, church people, as far as the uh, Seventh-day Adventists, Everybody in Life Story Church is going to hell, um, seriously, because we don't have church on Saturday, and we have it on Sunday instead, even though, watch my video on the Sabbath. That's another, that's not in the Bible installment. We did it on Sabbath keeping. So go back and watch that on YouTube if you haven't seen it yet, and if you still have questions about that. The, church, the very first church always met on Sundays. 
So that's anyway. Jesus doesn't need you to do anything on a certain day to save you. That's not the Jesus that we know. Uh, United Pentecostal Church. Again, we're going to step on some toes here. We're in the South. Um, Bottom line is this. Take a look at the graphic. Faith plus works. That's a different gospel, guys. This Jesus needs your help so you can stay saved through your good deeds, through your works, okay? Through your spiritual evidence of tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, then you're not saved because there's no evidence that you have the Holy Spirit, okay? That's easily debunked in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14. Uh, abstaining from certain cultural behaviors, uh, not wearing makeup, uh, not cutting your hair, uh, uh, women not wearing pants. I'm not even making this up, guys. And certain luxuries, of course, the church is full of hypocrisy because there's never more hypocrisy uh, in a church than when it's a legalistic church. Legalism breeds hypocrisy because legalism teaches that you have to perform to please Jesus to attain salvation or keep salvation or whatever it is, and nobody can add up. So uh, it's tormenting. It truly torments these people. It's one of the biggest evils in all of, um, of all the cults. It's one of the biggest evils, in my opinion, because it truly tortures people. They have no identity in Christ. They feel like they're going to hell all the time. And so most of them, even though they still go to church on Sunday, they just say, well, I might as well raise hell then right? Because I'm going to hell anyway. And it's really sad. There's no freedom. There's no, um, yeah, anyway. Last on my list, and I'm just telling you, there's the list could go on and on and on. These are just some of the most prevalent ones, I think, that are relevant to our church body where we live, the Roman Catholic Church. Essentially, the Roman Catholic Church teaches that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was not sufficient, underlining that not sufficient. To save us from all of our sins, it wasn't close, but no cigar. Consequently, a person who died with an unconfessed small or venial sin is required to go to purgatory while they make atonement for those sins and cleanse their souls. Again, can we all say it together? Somebody shout it out with me. That's not in the Bible. We also find that there are religious organizations that do not claim to be Christians at all. Far from it. But they do teach about a different Jesus, another Jesus. For example, can we see this next graphic up on the screen? The Jews... They don't deny that Jesus lived. How could they? Certainly they could not. It's too well documented. So they've got to, they have got to paint a picture of a different guy. And uh, this religious organization believes that Jesus is just a dead prophet is what they'll teach you. However, that's a lie because that's not what Caiaphas thought. No, they thought Jesus was a heretic. So um, it's one of two things. Either Jesus was uh, from, a, from Satan and a heretic. Listen to me, my Jewish friends. Was he a heretic who perverted, peop- perverted the truth and led people away from the law, the only means by which men could find atonement? 
Or was he the Messiah, as Isaiah 53 says? As Daniel chapter 9 says. Oh, man. I did some reading this week about how all of the first century rabbis, um, really first through fifth century rabbis, they uh, put a curse on those that would read Daniel chapter 9 and would count up the calendar. Uh, don't read it. It'll just cause division. Don't read it. Don't read it. A curse on all those who read it. May, may their hands wither up. I mean, seriously. You know why? Because if you count the days, you discover that Jesus came on the exact day and the exact year that he was prophesied to in Daniel chapter 9. Um, stick around for our Easter teachings, and if you haven't heard that before, teaching on the 70th week, right? Um, and also Isaiah 53. They started after Isaiah 52. They skip over Isaiah 53 altogether, and they pick up Isaiah 54 halfway through in their Torah readings because they think that Isaiah 53 is too divisive and confusing. Uh, back to our graphic. Eastern mysticism. This is your Buddhism. Your Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Right? These, um, these sweet people. Again, super sweet people. I know a lot of people from the Hindu temple. Uh, well, I've met them anyway. Uh, sweet people. But these organizations believe and teach that Jesus is just a dead teacher or master of people. And Islam, of course, and Islam, lastly, he was a prophet called Isa. He did not die on a cross or was physically resurrected from the dead. See, they can't change that he existed. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, when, when the History Channel or modern scientists or, you know, the people who write our curriculum for public school nowadays, when they try to say that Jesus, you know, well, we don't even know that he was this, you know, only the Bible. It's only really the Bible that tells us that he was even the guy that he was and yada, yada. No, I mean, literally, even the Muslims have to acknowledge him. Even the Krishnas have to acknowledge him. Even the Jews acknowledge that he was. And either he was who the Bible says he was or if, he, if you don't want him to be, then you have to make him to be somebody else. And that's what all of these other cults and false religions have done. And that brings us finally to, the, to really the point of, uh, of this portion of the study. Because I'm going to keep going on this next week. Okay? So this portion of our study brings us to the point of it. Okay? Um, You know, let's, let me share with you out of 2 John chapter 7 through 11 uh, what the Bible has to say about those who come and preach a different Jesus, okay? So if you know somebody and you love somebody that teaches a different Jesus, pay attention, okay? Let's read from 2 John chapter 7 through 11, or verse, excuse me, 2 John, there's only one chapter, it's you know, when you put in your Bible app, it's verse 7 through 11. 7. Many deceivers. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. Boom. There you go. Right? Some of these cults, what did we talk? We just read, they don't acknowledge that he was, what was he? He was God and man. It was Im imperative for the prophecy of the Old Testament in order to truly cleanse the world of sin and rectify the broken covenant problem. You've got flesh that broke its covenant with God, okay? 
So God is coming in flesh to rectify it because only God could truly live a sinful life because there's always sin in flesh until we're all transfigured one day. So he had to do it himself, God in flesh. So many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in flesh have gone out into the world, and boy, haven't they. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Pseudo-Christ. Verse 8, watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for. And don't... Don't uh, get this confused. Oh, well, yeah, I guess we do have to work. Oh, come on. I'm working right now, okay? But giving this sermon isn't saving me, okay? Everything I do for Life Story Church and for the people that I love and love to tell about Jesus, that's not saving me, all right? Uh, and I wasn't not saved before I did this, okay? But it, make no mistake, it's work, right? It's long hours, Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be fully, be rewarded fully. Verse 9, anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. And if anyone, verse 10, comes to you, and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house even, wow, or welcome him. Anyone who, come, who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. Oh, oh boy, that, I'm just telling y'all. That's scary because there's a whole, whole lot of that going on, and it is... We are culturally encouraged to do so, as a matter of fact, right now. We have got to understand, have got to understand this. Can I see this next graphic up on the screen? Get this in your mind. Take a mental screenshot, please. Different Jesus equals different gospel, and this is the kicker. If it's a different gospel, it's a different Jesus. Different gospel. In other words, yeah, believe in Jesus, but now you've got to do some works to uh, prove it, if you're really saved, to stay saved. Or, yeah, believe in Jesus, have faith in, in him and all that, but now you've got to do this to stay saved, right? Works-based religion, like every other religion in the world, right? Or how about this Jesus where, well, he died for all of mankind and everybody's saved. There is no hell. Um, everybody's saved, even the people that don't even realize it yet. That's very prevalent. That's your Rob Bell uh, emergent church junk, and we didn't even get into that. That's a different, I should have put that on the list. The emergent, put on your list, the emergent church, Rob Bell, number one. And basically anybody, any pastor that's ever been on Oprah, we can throw them right in, right? Because ultimately, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not even take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in his wicked work. Do you want to share in that work? I think too often, church, the church, the true ecclesia, tolerates different gospels because we tell ourselves, well, you know, at least they're teaching Jesus. Look, I know, okay, 
that church on the corner, that church on the... I know for a fact, as a student of the word and the Holy Spirit conviction that's within me, I know they're not, I know they're not teaching the right Jesus. I know, they're, I know they're teaching wrong stuff. I know they're teaching a different... How about this? You might not even tell yourself they're teaching a different Jesus, but you know they're teaching a different gospel. You know they're teaching a different gospel. You know they're teaching works-based salvation. Yet you tell yourself, well, at least they're teaching Jesus. We need to come to the harsh reality. Gosh, I'm just going to be Mr. Popular, aren't I? Uh, we, we need to come to the harsh reality that they're not. They're not. If it's not the gospel, Paul and John, they couldn't be clearer. If they're not te- teaching the gospel, as Paul said at the beginning of our message tonight, the simplicity of it, it's simple, it's easy. If they're not teaching the gospel and there's only one, then they're teaching another Jesus. So with that being said, um, can we go the, see the next graphic? And it's really the graphic we saw at the beginning of the evening. A different Jesus, different spirits, different gospels, As we said just a moment ago, if you're teaching a different Jesus, it's a different gospel. And if you're teaching a different gospel, it's a different Jesus. A and C wrapped up. Different spirits. This is is going to be an interesting study for us. And and, uh, we're going to take that one on next Wednesday night. So don't miss next Wednesday night. Share, 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 share this video. The hour is late. The hour is late. There's so many people hurting in this world. Their hearts are aching for Jesus, but they've never met him. And they think they have because they've been presented this other straw man who's not even a real guy. This other Jesus that they say, X, Y, they say he's a different guy. They say he's either, he, he wasn't God in flesh or he, he uh, this is what he asks of you. That's what he asks of you. All of these different things that, I'm sorry, that's just not in the Bible. That's not Jesus. That's another Jesus as confirmed by all of the scriptures that we've read tonight. And there's more. And there's more. So please share this video. Um, I just, with all my heart, I think somebody is going to be set free by it. Set free by it. So share it and, uh, you know, tune in next week. With that, every eye closed and every head bowed right at an hour. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word, that it keeps us on course, that it's our anchor, Lord Jesus. That when the world... uh, and the deceivers try to pull us off course. When the winds rage, when the tempest, the waters, they try to overturn our vessel. When the world just tries to wear us out, Lord Jesus, and pull us away from you, tries to get us to forget who you are. And then, because if we, don't, if we forget who you are, then we forget who we are. And if we don't know who we are, what good are we, right? So, Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would refresh your church tonight, your people. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, inspire and encourage us, God, 
uh, light that light that flame within us. Uh, the some of us, the fire has gone out, and the ember is there. Right, just blow on the ember that it would burst again into full flame, Lord. To be excited, to share the good news that your burden is easy, your yoke is light. To share the simple beauty of the gospel, as Paul said, and let let nobody rob us of it. As Paul said. I, as Paul said, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm so surprised. I marvel, he said, that you're turning away so soon to a different gospel, Lord. We don't want to turn to a different gospel. Let us not be deceived, Lord Jesus. Mm. We thank you, Lord God. Give us work to do this week. Let people come into our path, Lord, that we could share this simple and beautiful truth with, Lord whether it's planting seeds or bringing in the harvest, Lord, we're your workers in the field. Use us, Lord. We love you and we say thank you tonight. If you're at home and, and the true gospel that I just shared, the gospel that's actually in the Bible, if you've never heard that and you want to shift your mind from not believing in it to believing in it, that's all repentance means. It doesn't mean you've got to beat yourself up and that you're so sorry about everything. Trust me, we're all sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry doesn't go away, okay? But you know what? When you shift your mind and you realize that everything, every time that you failed to meet the mark, every time that you failed to measure up, okay? Every single time, even the times where you didn't even come close, right? He's already taken that and he's already made up the difference and saw to it that you met the mark, if you're understanding that for the first time tonight, pray with me right now. Say, Jesus, thank you. I see it now. I see it clearly. Thank you for the simple beauty of your love and the gospel and what you've done for me. Holy Spirit, seal my heart. Come into my heart. Re renew my mind, Lord God. Put your desires in my mind. Make me whole. Make me new, Lord. I want to run into your arms. I want to run into you. Thank you for having me. Walk with me all the days of my life. I can't wait for what's next. In Jesus' name, amen. And all God's people said, amen. We love you guys so much. Don't forget, this Saturday is our fall festival here in Pegram. Look to the uh, Facebook page for uh, details. Uh, we're going to be Saturday, 1 to 4, I believe, uh, at the Barnet Riverview here in Pegram, right off the Macquarie Lane exit. Uh, west of Nashville, and um, Sunday morning at Rutledge West, 10.30 a.m. We'll see you then. We love you guys.